What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast, episode 118. Uh, and today I'm talking to the Command Master Chief and Course Manager of the Naval Leadership and Ethics Center's uh, Enlisted Leadership Development Program, uh, Toby Ruiz and Steve Rush. Um, I've been talking to Toby about coming on for a long time just to talk about leadership or to be involved in like another episode, but. Um, now he just happens to be now in the position of uh, being the CMC of Enlick. And uh, it was something that like I, I'd been going down the road of trying to explore the ELD program, um, learn more about it uh, and kind of the trajectory of it, because uh, I was very much under the impression that the rollout was eaten by COVID, which is accurate, but they've recovered in a, in a way that I don't think a lot of people are fully aware of. Uh, and the actual struggle now is with enrollment. Um, they have the capacity to get everybody through. They just are struggling with just people's general awareness that it exists and the delivery methods and how to access it and everything. Hey, real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. With the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and, and don't give up the ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, Go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Thank you. As well as uh, just the like getting people um, like to understand that they have the capacity now and then to get get everybody enrolled, um, particularly like E5 and below, like which is, I mean, arguably the most important group. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, it was cool to f to find that out. It was very encouraging to know that they've since uh, recovered from the rollout being eaten by COVID and, and like have now the capacity to get the throughput uh, required. And that uh, just to learn more about the program, uh, the different courses, how to access them, what they're planning on doing. Uh, it, it is cool. They went through the whole origin story, a lot of the nuts and bolts of it. Um, we get into all of that and, uh, I am happy to, to push this out there and to advocate for your enrollment in it because anything's better than nothing, but this program, I, like I haven't heard any negative reviews from anybody that's gone through the courses, chiefs, juniors, like I sent a few of my guys, uh, through the, uh, intermediate leadership uh, course for the E5 level and they loved it and they were going with like Airedales and their submariners and so there was a little bit of like a uh, cultural bridge to cross as far like like military subculture uh, translation required but they still had a great time they said they learned a lot so I highly encourage you to uh, t take notes during this podcast access the information in the show notes to go to the website uh, and get yourself enrolled to get your people enrolled um, request a mobile training team leverage the learning site if you're in the the damn neck uh, Virginia or San Diego areas um, and, and really utilize this program because the more you 
the more you take advantage of it, the more robust and important it becomes uh, to military leadership. So uh, with that, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Check it out. So, yeah, easy day, just like I told you guys a second ago. Uh, And like, I don't care who starts, but just give me like a quick uh, bio, as much detail as you want to share, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Master Chief Steve Rush. I'm an aviation maintenance master chief. Uh, been in the Navy 25 years. Uh, joined the Navy out of Winslow, Arizona. Um, nice windy town. Um, <laughs> this is my third instructional type tour. Uh, mm. I did a tour down in Pensacola at A School for Aviation A School. Okay. Made chief down there in 2009. Um, ran a schoolhouse. Um, ended up across the street uh, two tours ago at the Senior Enlisted Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was facilitating leadership and nice. communication and management skills to all five branches of service, including international students. Uh, so chiefs, senior chiefs and mass chiefs. Uh, and then I guess I just didn't get enough. So I came back here to uh, the Naval Leadership and Ethics Center. So this is my my third kind of professional military education type tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy it. Really like to give back uh, to people. And and what I like about here is one. I'm the program manager for enlisted leader development. And two, I get to facilitate leadership courses to officers, uh, which is completely different from anything that I've ever done in my career. Um, So I always, I always ask officers, where did you learn that? Who taught you that? (laughs) And then now I'm in, now I'm in that instructor role. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, just pouring my heart and soul into, you know, what I do every day and, and, uh, Hopefully at the end, I'll, I'll hang my hat and uh, maybe make an impact on a few people that make an impact on a few other people. So, Hell yeah. um, and I love fishing. That's my hobby. I like it. Oh, good. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I've listened to so many of your podcasts. It's good to actually finally put the face yeah. to the voice <laughs> and, and, and actually yeah. have the conversation. There wasn't so, a face for a while until I retired. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. And retired, but still serving, so we all benefit from it. Uh, Master Chief Toby Ruiz, I'm the uh, Command Master Chief here at Lake in Newport. Uh, 32 years. Um, this is my second instructional tour. Uh, I, uh, we were talking about Navli a little bit earlier before we came mm. on camera. I was an old facilitator of the old nice. second class and first class leadership courses back in Coronado uh, in the late 90s. Uh, loved every second of that as I am loving every second here. So was an old signalman, an old skivvy waver uh, back in the day. Uh, last class of chief to make it in 2003. And right after uh, right after the, you know, I got the brand new khakis, the new chief stink on me. Uh, the message came out and they said, yeah, you can't be an SM anymore. Pick a new job or we'll make you a quartermaster. I was like, oh, hell no, I ain't going to be no quartermaster. So, uh Luckily for me, I was a, a two-time command career counselor uh, in a collateral role, so I was able to cross over into NC uh, for uh, a few years before I joined the CMC program in uh, in 2008. Uh, and so I'm what's on my eighth tour uh, across five different communities as a CMC. So uh, I've been doing this for a little while, and yeah. uh, and like I said, I was uh, going to retire. A little bit later this year, before an opportunity came up where I got to come mm. up here to Anlick, yeah. and uh, so facilitate mainly with the uh, the CMC and Cobb course, mm. uh, and then again, you know, working with Steve here with ELD, trying to get 
um, the message of ELD attendance and completion out has been yeah. our other big role here. And, uh, and it really helps when, like I said, you have a superstar here like Steve, along with our two CMCs that are out in uh, Damneck and San Diego uh, okay. at, at our inlet commands out there too. So Which, we can yeah. uh, drive this any way you want, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm interested in like, so the, um, let's, we'll get into the origin story too, but the, uh, the I just learned like just by going to the website and kind of scrubbing it a little bit yesterday was like that I didn't I knew they had talked about having ELD like sites but I didn't I didn't even know there was one in uh, Virginia and and California right San Diego mm-hmm. um yep. so like is there are those the only two sites that uh, there are going to be or are they are they going to eventually try to expand to like every fleet concentration area or like how's that going to work. I don't think so. So we are the uh, the parent command, the ISIC, yeah. and and those two commands are are subordinate. So you have Naval Leadership and Ethics Command San Diego mm-hmm. and Naval Leadership and Ethics Command Damnick. Okay. And we have about fifty billets at each one, so fifty khakis at each one, and wow. their sole purpose is to facilitate ELD. Nice. And at both sites, we're running uh, twelve classes per week. Okay. Every week, there's twelve. 12 ELD classes, um, and and we, we have the capability of stepping that up to about 18 per week, and mm. we're just waiting for the floodgates to open, and, and we are absolutely prepared to have 18 classes per week, you know, with a max class size of about 20. And then uh, when so you that's say, a lot of students coming through. Yeah, when you say floodgates, is that just people getting on and, like, signing up for classes in the area? Yes. Um, right. Like Toby alluded to a minute ago, our number one problem uh, as far as program implementation right now is attendance. Yeah. It's just people not coming, not showing up. I'm about to evangelize the crap out of this. All right. Got it. <laughs> like this, like it. Cause, cause you, you, what you, and Toby could tell you, like what you've heard me say over the last however, you know, seven years is like, there's not the resources out there. Well, now if there's resources out there and you're, they're not being utilized, like get off your butts and go utilize them, especially if you're in those areas. And then like, what are the, besides like the flight line level, like, uh, like a regional facilitator organizes a class, which you can access through the, my Navy portal stuff, the, and we'll get into all that, but the, um, like what are the other options generally if they're not in damn neck or San Diego, like how do they access this stuff? So there's, there's two ways. One, um, when all else fails and you don't have a qualified fleet facilitator in your area, mm. you can request a mobile training team and we will pay to have people come from San Diego or damn neck to you. If okay. you have enough, uh, you know, the appropriate rank, if you have enough people, uh, to actually host a class. We try yeah. to shoot for eight, eight is the minimum. Cause mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have eight or more, it's hard to have small group discussions. It's hard right. to have, you know, activities within the course. Cause the course is built to be, you know, conversation. It's built to be, there's no PowerPoint, you know, we're not clicking through a PowerPoint. These are mm-hmm. real conversations where, you know, a chief is talking to second class petty officers about real life problems and then giving them soft skills and hard skills to help deal with those problems. So one way is to request a mobile training team, and you can do that through our website. Okay. The other way, right now we have about 5,400, so 5,400 qualified E7s, 8s, and 9s. So 5,400 khaki-wearing people out in the fleet 
have been through the, the CNLDF course, which qualifies you to teach E4 through E6 ELD. Mm -hmm. um, and you, they're everywhere. Uh, I do an yeah. ad hoc from, uh, from Fleet Temps every month, and you name a base, we have people on that base qualified. Um, I get lots of emails from commanding officers or executive officers, and, and they're like, hey, man, you know, who on my base is qualified so I yeah. can, you know, get them going? And then they're amazed that normally there's people within their command that have been through the qualification <laughs> course. They just don't tell anybody. That was like me in the Simeo NC. I used to just be like, because oh. <laughs> I every command like, I went to, they're just like, oh, you have the school? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. When I was in yeah. second class, they sent me through the hazmat coordinator course. And I never told anybody yep. that I had that. Yep. <laughs> <Never told anybody laughs> That's one that people are always looking forward to, man. Um, so the, is there, and I, I, I wanted to just touch on, is there, I thought I saw on the website, is there like a, a, a web option, like a distance learning option for people? Yes, but only, only damn neck in San Diego will host a virtual class. Okay. Just cause not everybody's cut out to be virtual yeah. on zoom or on WebEx. Right. Uh, but we do ho we do have a virtual class every week, and we have taken classes where uh, we had a, maybe a lack of facilities for that week and mm. converted it to a virtual class. So okay. We don't cancel classes very lightly, and uh, there absolutely is a virtual option. Yeah, I dig it. We All prefer right, not. I mean, yeah. There's enough money in the tank to not have virtual. If, if there you go. Huh. there's enough money in our tank that if if you have a need. And you have the, the, the number of students necessary for us to come. We yeah. will pay and we will come to you. That's awesome, man. I love that. That's like, cause like I, I used to be a big uh, evangelist of like the fleet CPO training team. Cause like people didn't even know that was real. And I'd go to every command and I'd be like, Hey, we're bringing the fleet CPO training team in. And they're like, huh? I'm like, how do you not know about this? Like, and it was super <laughs> valuable, especially for the first classes. They, that was always the, the fun part was watching the first classes have their day or whatever. And, and they loved it. And it, at first it's like they had their mandatory fun faces on and they're just like, I don't want to do this. Like, because it's a bunch of CMCs yeah. talking at them, but that's not what it is. And they loved it yeah. and they got a lot out of it every time. So I love that, that, that capacity exists. Um, let's get into the origin story. I'm curious how this like all came to be because, um, it, one of the things that I don't have, vision on so i'm just going on like anecdotal experience and conversations where somebody heard something or whatever like how how did this unfold where the navy had this demand signal and they're like hey we really need to do something about this and then and then this is how we're going to address it because we went a long time between nav lead and now where we just had command delivered courses that may or may not have even been happening and they were of varying quality levels so like i'm curious like how how did this all happen well, being the old guy in the room, I, I guess I'll start with this. It's, uh, I was there for the old stuff. But before, before Navli, if you remember back in the, in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. Uh, I actually, was born in 1983, yeah. so no, I don't yeah. remember the late 80s. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well. He's, he's saying, do you, do you remember the Navy in the 80s? No, we don't. Bro, you made, you made chief the year after I joined the Navy, so... That's where we're at. There you go. All right, young, all right, young and sit back for a lesson here. Here we go. Right. Yes, sir. Um, no, the the LMET, the old leadership uh, management education and training course, was 
the one-week course back in the day mm -hmm. uh, in the 80s before you were thought of up until the, uh, <laughs> you know, until the early 90s. Um, and that that curriculum mainly focused just on first classes is what we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier. You know, tools for them to help prep them to become chief petty officers move above. In the, in the early to mid-90s is when they went from, hey, this shouldn't just be for first class petty officers. Mm -hmm. We need to expand this out to the different pay grades. And that's where the NAV lead uh, concept came into place. And each of the, the classes were two-week classes back right. at the time. So you had one for second class, you had one for first classes, and then you had one for chief petty officers. Um, that went for uh, a, a good amount of time, actually, from the mid-90s, I think, up until around 2008. I want to say 2008, I think, is when the NAV lead model finally disestablished. Mm -hmm. and, and the feedback they were getting during that time was that they were telling the fleet was telling the schoolhouses, hey, two weeks is too long for my sailor to be out of their commands. Yeah. I need them back doing work, blah, 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 mm -hmm. and whatever that case was. And so their answer was is when they got rid of the schoolhouses in uh, Little Creek, Virginia and Coronado, they gave the curriculum back to the fleet and said, okay, fleet, here you go. Here's yeah. the curriculum that we've been teaching and you all, a lot of you have all been trained up. Go, go, live and prosper, and have a good time teaching this. And of course, we all know how those yeah. went uh, yeah. over years after that. Priorities dwindled. Others took more, were more important, and we right. lost that whole sense. Um, I think from that time when CPPD took it over, mm -hmm. this was what the early 2010s now. It was take or miss, depending on where you were at, whether you had access to the curriculum or not. Again, yeah. nothing was really standardized until uh, the mid tw you know 2010s, where at the time uh, Wes Koshoffer, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Jeff Owegian, a bigger part, uh, you know other CMCs here in Newport uh, started addressing the problem with the with the fleet CPO training teams mm -hmm. about what can we do to get this back, this leadership training that we have lost and really obviously need back into play. And it was the efforts of those individuals that really started this along the way and to developing what our curriculum is now. I'll let Steve kind of talk to how we came about to where we're at now with where we currently have. So okay. it, it was late late 2017 and then leading into 2018 when, when these courses rolled out. Um, and they rolled out at a perfect time because it led right into COVID, which uh, really took a, a big dent out of, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you release a product and then no one wants it. Then you try to re-release a product, yeah. you know, yeah. you've already failed. You've already, you know, your, your product didn't take off. Yeah. Um, but they, they wanted to take and, and get disestablished PON doc. Um, mm. I mean, I, for one. I can remember a time I was out on the on the Stennis on deployment. Results came out, and my skipper came to me and said, "Hey, Mass Chief, can we uh, can we knock out PON doc in the next four hours so I can yep. frock everybody? So I can frock everybody, yeah. And, <laughs> and and I said, "No, sir, it's not a four hour course." Yeah. Uh, to make it a point, I ensured that that the course actually took multiple days, and we mm. actually did it the the, the right way. Uh, but not every command was doing it the right way. And we just heard lots and lots of feedback yeah. that PON doc was taking place in four hours. 
Right. And so we wanted to take that back. Uh, they established the two Naval Leadership and Ethics Commands, one in San Diego, one in Damneck. They billeted those people, uh, released this, this program. Um, and these are, you know, 08 to 1600 type courses. They are all day long. They have a very uh, well laid out schedule. Um, and, and they're great courses. We're getting great feedback. And uh, I mean, I highly recommend them. And I highly recommend as well that that people send their sailors somewhere else to get the course. Yeah. Uh, so if yeah. if I'm in a command and I'm teaching a course and my own sailor is in my class, right. they're probably not going to share problems that they're having with the command. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what's great about it is your sailor gets pulled from the command. They go over to Inlet Damneck or San Diego or a fleet facilitator course, and they get to meet new people, hear about human behavior problems that that their fellow shipmates are having maybe in a different platform, you know, aviators sitting next to submariners talking yeah. about, Hey, I'm having the same problem with my leadership, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's a, it's a very kind of stripped down, not PowerPoint. There are no PowerPoints. Um, there's just, you know, reading a student guide and a facilitator's guide and we walk them through, uh, all kinds of soft skills and, and lessons and mm-hmm. and uh, introduce stuff that they've probably never even thought about so far yeah. in their career. Um, you know, it's definitely stuff they wouldn't get in PON doc. I know that. Right. right. And, and the beauty of it, Will, is that it's the same old. Um, it's the same curriculum, and they're all they all have new names now. But it's the same. Basically, it's level training as you progress in leadership along the way. So you have a foundational leadership course. Mm-hmm. That's for your E3, Z4s. You have an intermediate, which is for your E5s. You have advanced, which is for E6. And then you have CPO, which is right. for your uh, your chief petty officers. And each of those curriculums are centered around five themes, if you will, uh, for their leadership course. And it's, mm-hmm. it's knowing your role, knowing yourself, how to manage yourself, how to lead others, and then how to build winning teams mm-hmm. and lead in winning teams. So each of those curriculums have different levels and different tool sets, if you will, on how to accomplish those five themes through the week. Um, foundational and intermediate are three-day courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced is four, and then CPO is five. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask that question too about the differences in the courses because – like as I was looking at the website, it looks like like as I look at like foundational and intermediate, it's got like the same modules Correct. or whatever, like the topic names and everything. So like how do they differ as you as you advance through the courses as far as like what's covered and in what depth and detail? So when the when the rolled out in 2018, uh, the 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 founders realized that E5s hadn't been to the E4 course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we decided to make them the same. Uh, we're doing a, a curriculum conference here in May. I have a lot of subject matter experts coming from San Diego and Damnick. And one of our, our, our goals is to take the E5 course, which right now mirrors the E4 course. Mm-hmm. And we're going to change it up um, and turn it more into a, uh, all right, you're an E5 now. This is probably going to be your first taste of leading people, you know, yeah. leading smaller teams, maybe being a shift supervisor. And so we're going to try to Instead of having a, uh, so much self-awareness, ethics, you know, uh, introduction and stuff like that, we're going to try to twist it to, you know, now you're leading people. How do you lead ethically? How do you get mm-hmm. your people to think ethically? 
Um, how do you how do you have emotional intelligence and self awareness to know how you're affecting the team that you're leading by your attitude right. um, and stuff like that? And then right. the E6 course is very centric to those types of conversations. You know, uh, we introduce you to you know ethics foundation and the E4 and E5 course. Now you're going to be a leading petty officer or a work center supervisor. How do you how do you deal with people that are having trouble with ethical decision making or destructive mm -hmm. behaviors, uh, and and you know reinforce the things that they've been taught, and then how to use them to get their people to to do what they need them to do. Yeah. Um, and then the the chief's course, man, it is jam packed. Uh, and the beautiful thing about all these courses is the curriculum is taken directly from our curriculum here at Inlick. Okay. Or the senior enlisted academies. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you think about it. An E5 sitting in a classroom talking about, you know, Dr. Kim's ethical triangle and how to make ethical choices. That same conversation could be being had right here in Newport with commanding officers and executive officers in a classroom talking about the same, you know, yeah. paradigms, talking about the same. Um, and so a skipper out in the fleet walking the P way can run into an E5 and they're talking the same language because they got basically yeah. the same. Uh, introduction and same uh, types of tools. Um, that's one thing I really think is awesome about about these course lines is that they're taken right from our our courses. So, yeah, is how's the um, like as I guess is a different question than I was going to say originally. But how is it? Um, how have you seen the response to like the the stuff that people are learning and then are like, is there a moving target as, as you do the curriculum reviews as far as like, um, like for instance, let's say like, I, I've always looked at the senior enlisted Academy, the, the, just the general course is like, like it's an advanced leadership course for enlisted guys because we never got the foundation at the beginning. But I feel like I, like when I attended, I was a chief eligible for senior chief. And I was like, man, this should be like a CPO Academy. Like this should be, I wish every chief in the Navy was going here and then maybe there's more like advanced nuanced stuff for like the, the more senior enlisted guys, like senior chiefs, master chiefs. So like, is it a moving target as, as the foundation is built through all these other courses when you guys get into curriculum reviews and get feedback where it's kind of like um, the reading levels going up or anything like that? Is that, is that a consideration over time where it's like the, I mean, I would think the courses would evolve generally just based on feedback and and uh you guys are getting the reps in to like get lessons learned and stuff but um is it i i i don't know how good of a job i'm doing at asking this question but like no uh, yeah, well, you know I, what i mean I, like <laughs> yeah no no no. we're, we're tracking i would say so one of the pieces of feedback we've gotten here over the last year is that we've had many chief petty officers had the opportunity to go to the sca Mm -hmm. uh, due to open seats from the senior chiefs not filling them at, at right. different times. And what is, I can't give you the specifics, but of that number of the chiefs that have gone, mm -hmm. a lot of them have been more of your junior chiefs, first yeah. year, second year chiefs, who have right. gone to the SCA. And some of the feedback that has come back, we've been hearing is that what was discussed at the SCA is not as is maybe a little bit over their head, right? Because because they just haven't had time to chief yet. They they're still okay. trying to figure out what it's like to wear the anchors and to be a chief petty officer, 
And so one of the things that we are, are working towards right now through policy and through correspondence in tandem with the SCA is that uh, pretty soon we're, we're, we're looking to get the mandate out that if you're a chief petty officer who has an opportunity to go to the SEA, you can't go until you've done CPO LDC yeah. because that Which, now yeah. it, it, it reinforces the continuum. Mm-hmm. You will learn. So, and again, you shouldn't be going to CPO LDC until at least the end of your first year mm-hmm. of being a chief. So that you have an understanding of what it means to chief, and now you have a new set of problems that you're dealing with. Well, now some of the tools we give you in CPO LDC will be able to help address some of that. Yeah. And in, and within that curriculum, I think comes a little bit more of that increased knowledge base, some reading, some mm. situations that will help prep for that. So that by the time you go to the senior list academy, either as a senior ish type of chief petty officer or senior chief, you're, you're better prepared for that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, we've heard some horror stories out there that some people are trying to do CPO LDC as part of the season. And we're like, no, 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 <laughs> no. That is not, that is not what CPO LDC is for. That's what we call teaching of the creed. So, um, there are some, there are some little things that we hear that we try to, nipping the bud quickly on that right but i think to circle back to your question um that you're alluding to about reading level like like what is the the what are we getting out of it like like what's the the benefit mm-hmm. um i was working uh last the the second half of last year with a, a research development group uh for the navy a bunch of people that are way smarter than i am with phds <laughs> and research psychology and stuff yeah and they released a study and it showed that people that had been through ELD or had been through the SCA, mm-hmm. that they had reduced time and rate. So they promoted faster than people yeah. that did not. Yeah, and they also showed that, that commands that had higher completion percentages of SCA and ELD, they had fewer mishaps. Yeah. So smaller Weird. smaller numbers of, of people <laughs> getting hurt, damage to equipment, yeah. um, just a different, was, a different mentality. <laughs> I got a podcast coming out today with a um uh she's a summary supply officer that does like these TikTok videos st- or that style of like Instagram reels and stuff and uh, big yeah. mental health advocate and all that. But uh she's we were just talking about like imagine if there was an objective quality increase in leadership of 20% across the navy like just enlisted leadership. Imagine all the things that would get fixed. Like just because everything's connected to leadership, at least in my analysis, and I'm sure some other yeah. smart kids think the same thing. But it's like, yeah, like when you improve the quality and capability of your leadership, like you're saying, like their suicide ideations are going to go down. Military sexual trauma is going to go down. Mishaps yes. with injury and deaths are going to go down because people are doing it better. And it's yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me even a little bit um to see but it's nice to hear that somebody's like sciencing it and like getting getting data on like that this is actually true and and we can measure it because um it's just i mean up to this point it's just been a logical conclusion for me with no supporting evidence outside of what i've seen and experienced so that's that's amazing and one additional thing to that is also retention numbers yeah Yeah. commands that have high eld completion rates are both successful in everything that they're doing with respect to mm-hmm. mission and behavior sets and stuff, 
but that increases now retention, yeah. something that's really hard to do right now right. in today's nation here in these past few months. So that also speaks a lot for that, too. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, I would assume it's the more competent leadership, but also like you're pushing that button of like we're showing them we care about them by developing them as leaders. So if we're taking the time to get them out of the command and send them to the class like that's going to press that button for those sailors as well, which we don't do enough. Um, yeah. yeah, now that's cool. What is what has been um, the response from I'm because I'm curious, like, what's the difference in the kind of stuff that you talk that we talk about during the chief season and the CPO uh, LDC? Because that was something that I was always curious how the mess would react to being told, hey, you have this mandatory leadership development thing you have to do now and we're going to teach you how to be a better leader. Um, because it seems like a lot of people go through this process of feeling like they've arrived and that, and making chief kind of validates all the behaviors prior to that moment. And then going through the season makes them like they get out on the other end. They're like, all right, I'm going to go chief so hard. Um, and then being put in an environment to be like, actually, we're going to teach you how to chief so hard. And this is how you're, how you're going to do it. So like, how, how has the reaction been, uh, to the students going through that class and, um, I guess like how or what like what what are the types of things they're learning uh that may or may not be in contrast to the initiation season? So they're vastly different. So teaching the creed, okay. what they get during the initiation season, I I think there's only one topic that's pretty similar and that's ethical decision making. Every other topic yeah. is completely different and yeah. and we made it that way on purpose. Um and feedback we're getting. Uh, so Dave Plouffe is our, our uh, curriculum guru here. And I have him uh, once a week pull all the surveys from our website. And he emails them to me and I go through them. And circling back to an earlier, earlier discussion about the E4, E5 course, that's the mm-hmm. only negative feedback I ever have read where somebody said, hey, I went through E4, ELD, now I went through E5, and they're the same. same. Uh, outside, right. of that, outside of that, all the feedback is wonderful. It's positive. Yeah, yeah. People, are, people are saying they love it. Um, and then the chiefs that actually get qualified, uh, they love it too. I mean, they're like, man, mm. this is amazing. Like the, yeah. the, the material that's being taught here uh, and the discussions that are being had are, are, are amazing. And I think the, the instructors <laughs> learn just as much about themselves from these E4s, E5s, and E6s as they're facilitating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so they, they gain a lot, a lot from it as well. Um, but overwhelmingly good feedback and uh, awesome. the teaching the creed, what they get during the initiation season, completely different. The lessons we give yeah. them in CEO ELD. And I think uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of questions from people out in the fleet asking me, you know, hey, if I've been through the SEA, do I have to go through the CPO ELD? And my answer is yes. That's and for the whole premise reasons, of that question is like if you're asking that question out loud, you should reconsider yeah. your life choices because like it's Correct. it's just more development. Why wouldn't oh, you want to go? You know, you'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Though, I, I wouldn't be honestly. Like I, I when I went to SEA, man, it was like seventy percent of the people there were there to check a box of it becoming mandatory eventually to make mass chief, yeah. and I was just like, or hear me out like you could leverage this learning opportunity and like go like look around i was at all the lectures of opportunity i was asking all the questions i was interacting with all the people because it's like it was like crack to me i was just like finally like leadership development and like i just wanted to soak it all up so like i it drives me nuts when people react that way but it's unfortunately not surprising yeah 
And I think too that uh, you know, you get fifteen chiefs in a room facilitating yeah. leadership discussions, right? Those chiefs are probably having similar problems. They're yeah. probably pretty close as far as leadership level and what they're responsible for. Some might have more, some might have less, yeah. but they're pretty close. If you take those same chiefs and you throw them into a class of 144 students at the SCA, yeah. well, if you're if you're a chief and you're sitting next to me and I'm just now going through the SCA, we yeah. don't have the same things that we're going through in yeah, life. Yeah. We don't have the same leadership problems, you know, uh, and even a, a senior chief sitting next to chiefs. I mean, mm-hmm. they're probably not dealing with the same issues. And yeah. so that's why the chief ELD is so valuable because they get to share problems that they're having together. Um, and, and then, and then get skills that they can go back to their job. Um, and, and I like it because, you know, you go through the initiation season, you put on your khakis and I always told chiefs, you know when the real training starts? It's the day after your pin and you go up to work. Yeah, yeah. Because they'd always ask me, Man, Chief, how come you're so quiet during training? And I said, you know what? I will train you after you're pinned. Because <laughs> when you show up at my at my couch to eat a, a piece of candy and we start talking about the problems you're having, you're going to realize real quick when the real training begins. Yeah. Well, after they've lived that life for about a year and then they go to CPO ELD, uh, I just think it's super valuable to bring that experience. Okay, now I've worn khakis for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, this, these are the things I'm seeing and these are the things I need help with. Um, yeah. And hopefully it reinvigorates them as well to, to why they're wearing khakis. And, and uh, the more chiefs we can remove that, you know, I have made it and my mm-hmm. picture's on the wall, the more we can remove that. And the only thing you're entitled to is to lead people and lead them well. That's the only thing you're entitled yeah. to, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Um, is there like a any way that you, that you all are, I, I mean, I imagine the answer is yes, but like, how, I guess the, a better question would be how, uh, is there like a measurement for um, like, post post uh and like eld participation like it, how are we measuring uh like the success of the curriculum i guess like and, and i know you mentioned some of the metrics that you've seen go positive with like retention and everything but is there a way that you kind of besides the feedback mechanisms and surveys and stuff that you're able to kind of I don't know, like measure the, are we successful? Is this hitting the way that we intend it to? Are we uh, objectively increasing the quality of our leaders? So to be honest, I don't like that question at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we get the same question, you know, about our command course, you know, the, yeah, the XOCOs yeah. and, you know, is it making a difference? Is it causing fewer COs to get fired out in the fleet? Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's a really hard question to answer. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I have thought about doing like a, like a post alumni survey, like maybe, mm-hmm. you know, solicit people that graduate this year and then contact them next year Yeah. and a- ask them questions like, um, like, do you remember this about the course to even see if they even remember the concepts that we taught right. them? Um, and then, and then, you know, get their feedback. Hey, have you, any of the skills that you have been taught, have you used it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was, I, have I mean, that was kind of what I was getting at, I guess. It's like the, uh, 
talking to them about like get, like getting feedback and saying like okay how useful was it because like you enjoying the course is very different from you being able to apply these skills in real situations so like is it, it and maybe like um i don't know how you'd because i don't know how you'd compare and contrast besides just talking to them about like uh, what how they would have interacted in that situation prior to attending the courses but yeah that was kind of what i was getting at was like how are they how are they using these tools out in the wild and are they working and, and stuff like that? One of the tough things about teaching leadership is that those are all based on educational and philosophical objectives, which mm. in some cases are not measurable other than, you know, are you using the tools? And so something what Steve was talking about with, you know, Hey, are these tools useful? That's right. probably as about as much, data as we'd be able to yeah. use gauge to see are we on spot with helping you identify and solve problems on the fleet or if not then what else could we do what are you hearing you know other research on, on things that we can do a little bit better on our end yeah um how how are we doing like with throughput like is the capacity <laughs> there like it sounds like it's there but like um well, I guess so. capacity is probably a better question because you guys already said like the struggle is getting people uh, enrolled at this point. So like is does the capacity exist for uh, like if, if everybody enrolls like <laughs> and I know you couldn't probably do it all at the same time, obviously, because the Navy would come to screeching halt. But the if if everybody like if we said like you have two years and it's mandatory, get hot. You know, like, is the capacity there for for everybody to get through it at this point? Or are you guys still scaling up and, and getting so, the... Sounds like he's been reading our notes. Yeah, sounds <laughs> like we're reading, reading our notes. <laughs> so I think, uh, tell um, me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so, so last month I was, you know, employing my uh, second grade math skills, you know, multiplication, awesome. division, third grade, third yep. grade, and uh, racking, racking numbers. Uh, I work with fleet temps a lot. They pull a lot of reports for me. Uh, I've worked through a lot of them because a lot of times fleet temps will pull incorrect numbers. And so I've worked through reports that are more correct as far as number of people that have graduated a course by rank. Okay. Yeah. Well, last last month I reported to Toby and he reports up line through the leadership mess to the MCPON mm -hmm. that we are rapidly approaching a threshold where we can't get there from here. Because in 2025... If you are an E5, E6, or E7 and you do not have ELD, you will not be eligible for the next rank. Okay. And so it will be mandatory in 2025. Damn, I nailed and because it. Two years. Let's go. You did. You did. <laughs> I wish it was one year, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But we are, because attendance has lapped so much over the last two years. Right. You keep kicking the can. And when you keep kicking the can, mm -hmm. it starts to stack up. Yep. And yep. the time frame doesn't change. And. Um, we're, we're rapidly approaching that point where yeah. we can't get there here. Uh, and that's why every, every, every week I'd find some way to beat the drums somewhere about yeah. attendance. And I, and I beat Toby up all the time when we're talking about program changes or program management and I keep mm. driving its attendance. That's our number one problem. Yep. Uh, for instance, uh, this month's numbers. So for the month of March, E, the E5 course is our Achilles heel. Okay. And I believe that's because E5s are doing all the work. Yep. 100%. So in, <laughs> it, yeah, they're the ones 
They're the ones, you know, down there in the, in the, you know, cranking. They're the mm. ones out on the flight line working on that helicopter all day long. Mm. They don't, they never even come off. They probably don't even know what ELD is unless the yeah, chief tells yeah. them that they're going. So, right. And so in, in, um, in Damnick last month, we, we had 20 offerings of the E5 course, 20, mm. and we canceled 11 because people didn't sign up. We canceled 11 of 20, 11 of 20. That's and so think about that. Our, our max class size is 24. So do the math, 11 times yeah. 24. How many students did not get ELD? And the kicker is we had a classroom designated for it. Mm-hmm. We had two chiefs that were prepared to teach mm-hmm. that course and their course was canceled. And, and uh, we're talking about the Norfolk area. So we're talking about a fleet yeah. concentration area where we're not sending our E5s to the leadership course. And, and it's, it's, um, our, our numbers are for each rank, the yeah. percentage of each rank that has completed ELD. It's, it's, mm. about, it's 10% or less for each rank okay. right now. Is it, are, are you, are you looking at like a, because of the Manning issues that exist with retention and recruitment numbers being low? Is it, is it kind of like, look, we'd love to, but I need the C5 on the deck plate doing the thing. Like, is, is that kind of where we're at right now? Um, or is it just a lack of awareness and, and just making it happen? I I, I can buy that argument to a point, but, Mm. but I'm, you know, for an E5, I'm asking you to give us that E5 for three days. Yeah. If you can't give your E5 up for three days over the next two-year period, then yeah. we are really doing something wrong. And the problem is, again, th- this has been ongoing for a while. We've had this for a few years in place now. And, mm-hmm. you know, the mandate message came out in 21, and we're looking to, to supplement it here uh, in a little bit with the new NAB admin that's going to reiterate mm-hmm. those 25 dates coming. So... You know, I get it. I can't support it right now. I got to go on a deployment. I got to go a mission set. We're going to go dark for X amount of money. Okay, I get all that. Yeah. But you can't tell me that within the year or, and again, a little bit of planning is all we're asking here to yeah. get those people to the course. And and it's funny because let's take the other side of this. Let's talk about our chiefs for a second. So chiefs mm-hmm. need that 25 deadline because they won't be up for senior chief for fiscal 26 if they don't have it completed in time, our month reports from uh, our March report from Damnick of the classes that we have uh, held there, a uh, mm-hmm. hundred available seats, 92 of our chiefs went to LDC in mm-hmm. order to meet that. So they're going, yeah. uh, first classes, you know, are, are doing better, but you know, why are they, are our junior folks not going? Because so, the first classes and chiefs are trying to get promoted. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> and they're and, aware. And so, yeah. yeah. And, right. And what I am dreading, but I, you know, it may have to take something this extreme. I, I don't want to mm. play the I told you so game. Yeah. But I think that we have to make the point known that, hey, this is real. This is legitimate. Mm. We are trying to reestablish the importance of leadership amongst the ranks and that yeah. you have to go this is serious yeah. we got to yeah. get them through. yeah and there's a there's a pretty big disparity too like uh, i can pull uh ticom reports so i could pull yeah you know airland and then i can look at each command within airland and who has 
large numbers of ELD completions and then yeah. who has small numbers. And there's a big disparity. And, and I, I think it's one, lack of awareness, uh, lack of mm-hmm. knowledge. Uh, and then two, um, just just like you're saying, you have that manning deficiency. You're sitting at mm-hmm. 60% manning. You know, you're in three-section duty. And, and it's easy to say, hey, it's, it's a zero sum. If I send them to ELD, then this doesn't get fixed. Yeah. Um, but but I, go, I go to the, if you're in a command with 60% manning and the chief's list comes out, whether you're at 60% manning or 90% manning, all those selectees and chiefs, yeah. they, dis- they disappear for six weeks. <coughs> yeah. And so if, if we can disappear for six weeks, how can we not right. let our, our E5 go for three days? And, and if yeah. it's your E6, I look at it this way. Hey, man, you can't let your LPO go. Well, guess what? You were an LPO at some point. Go play LPO and send your LPO. Exactly. Place. Yeah, yeah. Um, the... I forget where I was going to ask a more specific question, but I am totally going to rat out the submarine community. We're like, let's bump these submarine numbers up. So two crew submarines, like half the time they don't even own the submarine. And I can tell you right now from personal experience, like they have time to run a three day course. I think part of it is probably um, the, cause this was a kind of question I have too, is like, how do you um, like, I know you can go through the, my Navy portal system uh, to, find out what classes are available or whatever but like how would somebody go about like let's say um you guys talk go like i'm gonna go talk to these submarine commodores and be like hey man your off crew building should be running this course like once a week like the how would that commodore go about finding out like who in his aor is a qualified facilitator so that he can then go press that button and be like hey like why aren't we running these classes in the ocab because we could and it would benefit us like directly and and tangibly so it's like the uh, how would they go about finding the people in their area and and be become a catalyst for like those courses running so all they have to do is go on our website click on the contact us page Mm -hmm. and you you can select any of the drop downs there's a there's a drop down Mm -hmm. for student control east student control west there's a drop down to request a mobile training team east, mobile training team west. And there's also one that's uh, program management. And if you click that one, it comes to me and the two CMCs at both sites. Okay. It really doesn't matter. Just pick one, email us, and, and put in the in the comment section, hey, I'm, I'm at this place. I want to know yeah. who's qualified. And okay. we'll send them the report. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, a, a spreadsheet we pull every month from Fleet Temps, and it shows all the course graduates for mm-hmm. – uh, C and LDF, which qualifies you to teach E4 through E6, and then CPO and LDF, which qualifies you to teach the CPO course. Only senior chiefs and masters can teach the CPO course. Chiefs okay. can't teach other chiefs. Yeah. Gotcha. But, yeah. Um, but God. I want to correct one thing. We're no longer mm. on my Navy portal. Oh, my so bad. So we're now using... How do you... Yeah, we're now using a, a, a flank speed SharePoint that we just went online okay. last week. And it's gotcha. uh, the, the link is on our website. Uh, if you okay. go under fleet facilitated course, you can click on the flank speech SharePoint. Uh, I personally have uh, been working on it for quite a while with NetCN6. And I'll tell you what, man, this thing is way better than the mining yeah. SharePoint. That thing, that's like, what was it like learning management system or something? That was kind of hard to navigate. There was some weird stuff in there where I had to like, I made a, I, at one point I made a, like a little SOP for our area. Cause I would like our regional CMC was pushing me to get everybody to like 
run the courses and get them out there and then get their people to them. And it was like, yeah, I had to make like a little SOP, like, okay, you know, click here and then do this and then do that because yeah, there was some, some stuff that was not user-friendly. So that's good to hear um, because ease of access, I'm sure will help with enrollment, but, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, the, as far as like the getting more people in there, like what, what are the, th what kind of things are you doing? Cause you mentioned like you're doing something every day to try to drive enrollment. Like what are some of the things that, that you guys are doing as far as like, uh, trying to get the word out? I mean, besides this right now, which hopefully this, this helps quite a bit, but, um, well, like what, what are the tools that even at your disposal? Cause that was, that's one, been one of the things I've always been frustrated about all the way back to like, I did this episode on the Navy app locker a long time ago. Cause like no one knows it's real. And it's like, there's some stuff in there that's pretty useful. I mean, some of it's not the most user-friendly and some of them are a little clunky, but I mean, there are tools in there that can be really, really useful. Um, and it's like, no one even knows it's real. And and I don't know like how, why the Navy misses the mark so often on like get, just getting things publicized in a way where like it, it's uh, blasting out a nav admin doesn't do it. Like I'll get that, you know, but like a junior sailor is yeah. not reading nav admin. So like how, what are some of the mechanisms you guys have been using to try to get the message out? Well, more recently, social media is a big hit now. Oh. And um, yeah. so between, between all the various Facebook pages that are out there, both CPOs and others mm. um, I've also posted on, I've, I've dwindled in Reddit. I yeah. was already, <laughs> Kicked off Reddit for a uh, for a couple. You got of kicked days. off Reddit. I, I, I How'd personalized. You <laughs> You're supposed How'd you to stay anonymous. And, oh. And I'm, I'm like I'm like, hey guys, I'm uh, CMC of Endlich. Have you yeah. done your ELD? And they're like, get out of here, man. Oh, um, that's so stupid. They let the McPon freaking uh, PAO dude, in there, and they're I, totally. You no, know, I, I I was gonna go there. I just opened my can of shut the hell up and just went on. Dude, Smart we'll Explorer. we'll there. talk after. I I know some of the mods. I think if you had if you had talked to the mods first, they probably would have been totally fine with it. But I'll talk to some of the mods because that's stupid yeah. and that yeah, it, it, it's all good. But again, trying to get to the sailors where the sailors are at. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're you're absolutely right. Nav admins, uh, you know, people who should be reading those things are not. Yeah. Um, and trying to get those communication bits down, uh, you know, the, the, the video shorts now are a big thing, uh, whether yeah. Facebook reels, whatever, we're trying to get big Navy leadership to also get in there with something like this. Cause again, I'm always, yeah. I, I've always been a big fan of the thought that, you know, if it is of little interest to somebody, mm -hmm. say the CNO, the McPon, the chief of naval personnel if they make a mention of it in a very small capacity it becomes fascinating to everybody else and now all yeah. of a sudden they're like "Ooh, they're, they're mentioning it you know how are we tracking with that um and then just continuous work through the tycoms through the force mass chiefs on helping push this and they've been very receptive mm -hmm. uh and responsive to you know getting these words out and we've also encouraged Steve talked about a little bit earlier, a little bit of this creativity. Look, yeah. I don't expect DDG to get 16 of their sailors all together to do a class. Mm -hmm. But if you get a squadron and I take two from this DDG and two from this DDG and three from that one, yeah. guess what? Now you've got a consortium to where you're able to put together a class to be right. able to talk about things and meet those completions. Out in Hawaii, they have a great 
uh, network going on right now uh, between, you know, NIOC uh, is the one that is driving a lot of it, but they're getting all the other Hawaiian commands aboard. Hey, That's come cool. to Fort Island. We've got FLDC, ILDC, and people show up. And, they, and they're cool. getting the course completions, and then yep. they get the rave reviews on what they're doing. So we just got to continuously work on that. Is there within, any... within the last go year, go ahead. Within the last gonna... year, <laughs> there's so a we... slight delay. <laughs> so we, uh, one of the courses that Inlet facilitates is the Intermediate Leaders course, which is for future mm. department heads. So it's lieutenants, okay. lieutenant commanders that are going out for their first department head uh, tour. We host that course in San Diego, Damnick, and here. Mm. And it is a mandatory course for all officers going out. So, I mean, we're catching aviators. We're catching surface warfare operators, submariners, NUMI. Every one of those classes, we're we're catching JAG. We're catching, uh, you know, Navy Supplies, Chaplain School. Every single one of these classes gets briefed on ELD. Every single one. And we've we've started that within the last year. That's awesome. So moving forward, every single future department head knows what ELD is as they go mm-hmm. out to their department tour. We also brief it here to every single PXO, PCO, and, and CMC COB course. So every new XO, CO, or CMC go out and gets an ELD brief. And then either me or Toby, we go over to every single Senior List Academy class, and we stand nice. in front of them and brief it as well. Um, we also just got on the docket for these career development symposiums that happen all over the, mm-hmm. all over the world. Yep. Uh, me, probably me and Toby are going to start going to every single one, and we're going to have an actual block to stand in mm. front of everybody and, and talk about Good. ELD. Um, I mean, there there are things that we do. We got flyers that were made up by uh, uh, our friends down at Netsy uh, mm. that should be finalized and being sent out to the fleet for people to, to print and post in different places. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think one of the best advertisements is going to be when uh, – you're approaching that 2025 deadline and you don't have ELD and somebody tells you that you're not going to be eligible for advancement. Yeah. And, and is there any risk in, and like, I don't want to sound like I'm taking a swipe at anybody, but like the, the SEA requirement has gotten waived about a bazillion times. So is there any risk of like, we, we say like thou shalt go to the senior listed Academy to make mass chief. And then we can't get enough throughput. So it's an unfair requirement which doesn't seem to be a problem here. Like you, the capacity exists. So is there any risk of it being like, like we're going to draw this line in the sand and then we're going to move it. And then we're going to move it <laughs> just because I, like, I, I agree that it should be mandatory and that that will drive engagement. If we just say like, we told you and we told you and we told you, and then you didn't attend. It's like, now it's a requirement for advancement. Cause like, I, I always fear that when we make those declarations, it's like, at some point there's a bean counter in like Millington or something. That's going to be like, well, we have all these quotas that aren't going to get filled, you know? And so then we just give in to that demand uh, on that side. It's like, we need somebody to fill these billets. So it's like, how, how we go ahead. We, we are hoping, you know, again, that's all we can do for right now. Right. Big right. Navy has, big Navy has assured us that, uh, the policy we have, in fact, right now is going to remain mm-hmm. in effect unless we okay. otherwise change it. It's we. But right. if we are pushing for that moving forward, and that seems to have the support of all of your key decision makers, which Good. is why we are continuously pounding everybody mm-hmm. that don't kick this can down the road. We're 21 yeah. months yeah. away. And, and, right. and that may seem like a long time for you, mm-hmm. but 
these numbers that Steve gave earlier where yeah, they're rough. we don't complete, <laughs> it goes to the next month, and then it goes yeah. to the next month. And yeah. it, now we're not going to be able to do with capacity. You know, I, we don't want to say we told you so, but we told you so. And yeah. that's what we're, we're hoping to, to really uh, keep this push on. I Is think there there's a chance that the time frame comes and retention you know, uh, we, we didn't meet retention or recruiting this last year. And yeah. and it's one of the top concerns of my Navy HR and, and probably the CNO. You know, if we can't keep mm. people in the Navy and yeah. we can't bring people in the Navy, that's that's going to down the road kill us. And I, I think, you know, to answer your question truthfully, there's probably a chance that 2025 will come and they'll, and they'll waive something. Um, but I'm not going to live my life that way. And, and, yeah. and yeah. when that time frame comes, the real reason that we're waiving it is not because of retention. It's because chief petty officers didn't do their job because we didn't send our sailors to a leadership course to develop their character. Yeah. And so when that time frame comes, I'm going to blame it on the chief's mess. I'm not going to blame it on retention. Hell yeah. I love I'm going to say, it. you know what? You, <laughs> you should have your sailor. Shame on yeah. you. It's hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there any discussion about, like having a, a regional like coordinators or is that a real thing already where it's like, um, and, and I don't know if it'd be like a primary duty. Uh, I imagine it probably should be, but like where there's not a fleet concentration area schoolhouse, like we have in damn neck in San Diego. Like, so like, for instance, I'm in the Washington area. So for like the uh, uh, Pacific Northwest, if there was like a, a regional coordinator that is, is responsible for tracking the, th the, course completion and driving engagement for you guys and everything else is there any like a discussion of that at all or is that is there a functionality that i don't know about that already exists so some some bases do have like here in newport mm -hmm. uh my main man rob down the street at the galley he's a senior chief and he coordinates for the whole base mm -hmm. and he does a phenomenal job uh other other bases do not uh, we haven't put a, a process in place yet to have a regional coordinator. Um, we're trying to lean on the triad, on the command mm -hmm. master chief, XO, and CO, yeah. to be actively tracking who in their command has completed, who is not, uh, and then ensuring that their their people get there. Um, because I, I believe it, because it, at the end of the day, in 2025, if you're going to tell a sailor they're not, they're yeah. not eligible for the camp, it should be the skipper telling you that, like, yeah. sorry. But 3M was more important, and yeah. uh, you're not going to advance this site. I sabotaged your career so you could do that maintenance. Yeah. Correct. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then the other thing, I was, I was going to bring it up earlier, but we kept going this direction. Um, are you guys – I just learned about this when I was talking to uh, Alexis the other day. Um, the uh, It's called a Navy Digital Ambassador Program. Are you, are you familiar with that at all? Apparently it's through Chinfo. It's a real thing. I just learned about it. I don't know how big it is or like that. From my understanding, I think there's like nine of them right now, but she's one of them. Um, and uh, it's like people in the space with large following. So like she's got an enormous following on TikTok and Instagram uh, for her, all the reels she does. And it's like they're... Um, they're you utilizing them to kind of get the word out about certain things uh, like programs or whatever. And they're doing it in a way where it's like uh, they're allowed to just 
speak on it however they want to speak on it without anybody like manipulating their content or anything but like she she would be a good one to to you leverage to get the word out i mean separate i'm not actually one of them but i just because i just learned about it but like people like me as well that like can plug this stuff to get the word out in that space because one of her posts travels really far and so like those i i would encourage you to I, and i'll give you her contact info when we're done just don't let me don't let me forget because i had my brain cooked um yeah. and uh like i i don't know who the other ones are like i'm I think she mentioned one other one offline, but like, I don't know who the other like people in the space are, but there's a whole bunch of them out there. Um, and then obviously like the ones that may not, may or may not be a part of that program, but are also kind of in that same space. Like they would be, and, and I mean, I can even hook you guys up with some people uh, when we're done as far as like podcasts and stuff. That's kind of my orbit, but um, yeah. Yeah, I would highly recommend checking that out. Yeah, like I had the same look on my face that Toby did. I'm oh, like, what's yeah, a Navy wow. digital ambassador? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea, but uh, thank you for uh, for sharing that. We're we're definitely gonna look into that. for sure. Yeah, I, I reaching them where they are is the move. I feel like and and leveraging those types of things to 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 get because even you see recruiters doing that a ton. Like I follow a ton of yeah. career recruiters on Instagram and stuff, and they are super adept at leveraging social media to get the word yeah. out at least if not ac yeah. actually i'm i'm sure it helps with recruiting numbers too but but yeah um yeah man uh any save rounds or alibis on the enlick stuff like I, I i'm happy to pick you guys' brains on just about anything but uh because <laughs> i have some other questions too that aren't enlick related but i want to make sure that we get as much of the information out on this in particular as possible so if we haven't hit anything no. Yeah, I think I think a, a big thing. Chiefs that have not been to ELD, they need to go, yeah. and because I think once they go, they realize how valuable it is and and mm. the mm. great things that are being discussed. And I think it'll motivate them to send their sailors because they want you know we want our sailors to succeed. Absolutely, we do. Right, and, and it gives them that buy-in. Um, and you know our website, if if you know if you Google Navy ELD. It's the first yep. thing to click on. You click on it, uh, click on the curriculum tab, and then you can at least see sample schedules of the lessons that are being taught to these sailors. And it, I mean, and these are great topics that are being taught to these sailors. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's definitely not a waste of time. These are, you know, it's not a, it's not PON doc. It's not four hours long. And then, and then right. you get fraught. No, these are three full days of, of facilitated discussions about leadership and character uh, and that's the main focus. This is all about attacking character. Uh, the Navy does a really good job of attacking competence to make sure you know how to do your job and do it well. We evaluate you by it. And if you don't, we get yeah. rid of you. But the Navy does a really poor job of attacking character, uh, yeah. which is strange because three of our eval bullets on a chief's eval are character. Yeah. Um, but, yet, <laughs> but yet, you know, um, so that's what ELD is all about. It's 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 helping to develop leadership and character within our, our enlisted ranks. Um, and, and within our NLIC commands, whether here in Newport, San Diego, or Damnick, I, I tell CMCs and anybody who will listen, we are not directly responsible for ensuring attendance for the Navy to get the, to attend all of these classes. That's mm -hmm. not our direct responsibility. Uh, our direct responsibility is to make sure the curriculum is updated relevant and that we are able to qualify the instructors that need to be so that we can make sure that people are attending the classes. 
But our indirect responsibility here at the NLICS is to do whatever we can to get to yes in supporting the fleet to helping our sailors get through this very good, very necessary, very relevant training. And and again, it starts with the mess. I, I am a firm believer yeah. that this is a CPO mess issue mm-hmm. and that it's going to take the CPO mess to rectify this and make sure that our Navy for the for the future is established, built, and will continue learning. Yeah, I I 100% agree, especially with the like the mess is the is the way that this gets solved. And I can tell you from from doing this for as long as I've been doing it and the appetite that chiefs have for like my content and the interactions that I have um, where they said what a difference it made and all that kind of stuff. It's like that should drive them to evangelize the LDA to the maximum extent possible, even even if for some reason they went through a class and didn't think it was that great or something, which I've never heard anything negative about a, a course experience from, from anybody I, I know that have gone, has gone through it. But it's like, even if you think it could be better, or even if you think that like, maybe it's not like exactly what it should be, it's what we have. And it's really good from all the reviews I've heard. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can drive in like, you can not only drive engagement, but you can drive, drive, help drive the evolution of it by participating in it, by utilizing it. And then by providing all the feedback that you can, because it's like, this is, I've been, I've been pounding the table for something like this, uh, for a very long time. And while I, I wish it was, um, I wish it was made more of a priority by big Navy. Like I I understand that like the funding's there and that we have, we have this thing and that's great. It's, but I wish more people were pounding the table. I wish it wasn't like, uh, only on you guys to like get it, get the message out there. And, and, and I wish it was, uh, it was something that it was, it was like built into our DNA that like, this is the most important thing and everything builds off of that. And it's like, I don't, it frustrates me that it's not, but at the same time, the mess, like the appetite is there for them to get this development. And, and it shows in you guys' numbers like that they're coming to get the training so it's like, how dare we not get our E5s through? Like, are you, are you like, it, it, your primary duty is to train your relief and take care of these people. So start taking yeah. care of them. Uh, so yeah, you, you will get n- nothing short of uh, an evangelizing uh, process for me on this. And I'll, I'll get as many people involved as I can. Cause it's, it's too important. It just is like, yeah. it's, I, and I don't, it frustrates me that the, it's like the universal recognition doesn't exist because it feels yeah. so simple and obvious to me, but yeah. you know, and if there's ever any questions or anybody wants to talk, vent improvements, ideas, we're always open. We're not going to turn anybody away. You know, that, awesome. those conversations need to be continuously had. And, uh, and if for some reason there's a feeling out there that we're not cutting it for whatever reason, we, mm-hmm. we need to hear that too. So we can get better. Uh, right. Again, our sailors, our sailors deserve nothing but the best from us, and uh, that's for for everybody in general here. Absolutely awesome. Well, I will put the links in the show notes as well for like like can confirm if you Google in like ELD, the first thing that pops up is the website. But I'll put the website. I'll put uh, any contact links and everything in the show notes so that if people want to uh, get like on the get into a class or learn more about the program or contact you guys that. All that stuff is is made available in the show notes, so check that out. 
Uh, and yeah, you got a, <laughs> you got a, a publication or a public publicize. I don't know. You got an advertiser in me. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I will definitely be talking about this uh, robustly just because I think it's, it's too important not to. And it's cool. Like, I'm really glad we got to talk because I was under the impression that like a lot of this stuff, like having left the Navy when I did, it's almost like frozen in time in my mind. So like when I was leaving, it was like (laughs) COVID ate the rollout. I haven't heard much about it. I even got tasked by my CMC at a flag command to like almost be like an informal coordinator for our region. And it was like pulling teeth. And then we got a little bit of traction. There were some dudes at the training command locally that were trying to get a bunch of people through, but like weren't communicating with us. And then I kind of found out by accident and then we kind of all got together and tried to do it for the whole area. But, um, in my mind, it was like the rollout had been eaten by COVID and I hadn't seen much inertia since. So it's cool to learn about all this and, and help get the, get the word out that like, no, the, like the rollout, it has happened. The capacity is there. Please, for the sweet love of God, come leverage this because yeah, it's there and everything's ready and waiting. So that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited for uh, the future of this and the future of the Navy, just to see like how, how it improves everything and, and how it evolves and stuff. So um, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Thank you so much for your time. I'll let you guys know when it's going to come out and all that jazz, but uh, this well, I appreciate awesome. appreciate your platform too, brother. I've been listening to you for a while. You've been doing excellent with this, and uh, glad we were able to do this. And any other, you know, future talks you want to have on anything, man. Uh, you're retired, but still serving, and we really appreciate it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Thanks, gentlemen. I, I appreciate it. All right, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, had a good time talking to those those gentlemen. Um, and uh, learning more about Enlick ELD. Like it's something that I've talked about having only read source documents. Uh, I reviewed the curriculum pretty thoroughly. I tried to get into some of the facilitator classes to get certified to, to facilitate it. Um, and it just kept conflicting with work stuff when I was still on active duty. So I never got to go, unfortunately. Um, but I can't tell you like every single person I've ever talked to that's interacted with the program as a student or facilitator loved it. They all think it's great. Um, it is a giant step in the right direction and I'm encouraged that they're taking it as seriously as they are. Um, they're working hard, like coming on my podcast was an, an, uh, attempt by them to get the word out. Uh, to discuss it with me and so that my audience hears about it and I'm going to push them towards all these other resources as well in this space on the internet uh, where sailors are actually listening um, and get the word out so that people are aware like and like ELD is fully spun up and they have like I think he said something like 5,000 plus facilitators qualified Navy wide. They have uh, the actual like schoolhouses, the NLEC like commands in Damneck, Virginia and San Diego, California. So you can go to that schoolhouse and they'll teach you. If you're in those areas, uh, you can request a mobile training team. They have electronic delivery methods if they can't do that and there's no facilitators near you. And then you have like the flight line courses that are organized by local facilitators all of which can be accessed through their website, which is in the show notes. Uh, take advantage of this, like plug in like ELD uh, into your Google search bar. The website will pop up and get hot like fire. Like you gotta, you've, it, they finally, we finally have a foothold. Like you, there's finally something that exists that is 
targeted at the right audience uh and in that and what i mean by that is like everybody on the enlisted levels like it plugs the gap at the junior level at the intermediate level at the uh senior level and then at the chief level right um which i like just the fact that someone thought it was appropriate and that we put our pride aside and thought like chiefs could learn something i mean was refreshing and so they have a cpo leadership course too to make chiefs better god knows we need that we need it at every level um, and then it rolls right into like the senior enlisted academy style uh, stuff. So it's just like it's such a a leap in the right direction. Um, and, and could it be better? Sure, it could. And they're open to that feedback as well. Uh, so I highly, 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 highly encourage uh, <laughs> every single one of you uh, that's in the position to do so, like on active duty go leverage these, um, go take advantage of it. Cause the more demand they have, uh, the more robust it becomes, the more support they get. Uh, maybe they are able to then based on the demand signal, uh, ask for more, like ask for more, uh, permanent commands. Maybe they, maybe it evolves into a permanent brick and mortar thing on every, uh, campus or every sorry campus every uh, base Jesus I'm data dumping everything now that I'm retired uh, and then um, hopefully like e- maybe it even evolves in into like a Navy community college you know electronically delivered curriculum as like another extension of the program like hopefully all of these things become true and it just grows and grows in importance and capacity and um, you know efficacy based on the demand signal. So go create a demand signal, like go encourage your people to create a demand signal. If you're in a leadership position, start enrolling your people as soon as you possibly can. I understand manning and recruitment being what they are. It's going to be harder than ever, but they're trying, like they're trying to make it easy. Like there there's local facilitators, there's mobile training teams, there's electronic delivery. Like they're trying to make it easy for you. So work with them. You know, if you're in a unique situation, like contact them, Uh, maybe you schedule the mobile training team, maybe you, you know, figure out a way to send somebody TAD later or whatever, but take advantage of NLEC ELD. I can't, I can't champion this cause enough because for seven years I've been pounding the table for robust leadership development and education. And this is, this is a a big step in the right direction. Um, And if if we allow it to wither away in addition to it, just like taking years off my life, which I know you're all concerned about it. I mean, it, it's, it proves the point of to, to the, the hierarchy or the bureaucracy that uh, it's not as important as I'm saying it is. And as I know all, all of you feel that it is. So create the demand signal, validate the need by utilizing the resource um and with that uh <laughs> as always if you need anything from us hit us up don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com you can facebook message us don't give up the ship podcast or you can dm us on instagram reddit discord at dgs podcast uh, if you want to support us go to dspodcast.com. there's a donate button on the website or you can click the shop button which will take you to don't go up the ship apparel some get yourself some naval pride pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public it's at dgutsapparel.com uh, and then you, if you, the, probably the best way, patreon.com slash D podcast, there's five tiers to choose from a lot of cool benefits. Uh, if you can, and you want to support us in that way, 
uh, please consider uh, becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Degas podcast. Uh, if you can't spend the money, I understand. I get it. Like times are tough. Everything's expensive. Um, so I, I completely understand. But uh, if you want to support us and, and it doesn't cost any money, just like, share, subscribe, review on all the platforms for all the things, right? Subscribe to the podcast, review us on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, share the videos, uh, share the link to the podcast, all that stuff. Follow us on social media, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it's a, a cost free way to support the podcast, help get the message out. Like we it, we really appreciate anything you can do to support us if you want to and you're willing to. Uh, please consider doing all those things. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Hey, shout out to our level five patrons, Victoria Livingood and William McIver. We really appreciate you. All our other patrons, you're enabling us to do this thing and your support means everything. Thank you so much. (laughs) 